Could we stand all over the house, just lift our hands and our hearts to him? Hallelujah. If you feel him here, would you just acknowledge his presence? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a presence of the Lord is in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the word of the Lord is not going to interrupt the spirit of the Lord. And uh, if you'll go with me, if you have it, to Psalms 145 and verse number 3, then we'll be jumping over to Job chapter 42. My God. Mm. He likes what we're doing right now. Let's just let's just feel after him for a moment. I wonder who here right now can lift your hand in this house and say, I need a miracle somewhere in my life. Raise your hand and wave it a little bit so I can see it. Look at this. Almost everybody in the house. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because that's who I want to preach to today. Those that are in need of a miracle. <clears throat> and I've got some good news for you. How many of you can handle some good news? Ready? I am short-winded. I don't feel any faith in the house, Pastor. That's all right. You better get with me quick because I'm almost done. Psalms 145 and 3 in closing. Are you ready? Great is the Lord. Well, we could stop right there and have some church, couldn't we? Anybody believe we're serving a great God? <clears throat> and greatly to be praised. Now, I don't have time to go into that, but what that's really saying is your praise tells us how big you believe he is. Oh, Lord. And his greatness is unsearchable. One translation said, great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise and no one can measure his greatness. Anybody beside me believe we serve a God that can't be measured? (laughs) Now we're going to go to Job 42 and verse 2. Now this is a conversation between the Lord and Job. And um, God had asked Job a question. Now, God always asks rhetorical questions, you know, those questions that he already knows the answers to. And here's Job's response. Now, follow with me close here. This is important. Job's response back to God was he said, I know that thou canst do things for other people. No, let me try it again. I know that thou canst do things that can't meet me. No. I know that thou canst do things for perfect people. All right, then. But what does your Bible say God can do? I'm sorry, what was that? Now, wait a minute. It almost sounded like you said everything. What can God do? So, wait, you're you're telling me that the forever settled word of God tells us that God can do Everything. 
Do, do you realize how big of an umbrella that is? Do you realize what that covers? Whatever your problem is falls under the umbrella of everything. God can do everything. So if you're sick in this house, I've got good news for you. God can do everything. I don't care what the doctor said. God can do. I don't care what the therapist said. God can do. I don't care what your family said. God can do. Oh, what can God do? Somebody shout it like you believe it. What can God do? Everything. Everything. God have mercy. We're not talking about some weak anemic God who cannot take care of our situation. And it goes on to say, and that no thought can be withholding from thee. One translation said like this, I like this. He said, I'm convinced you can do anything and everything and nothing and no one can upset your plans. How about this one? I know you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Now, this is the simplest, but it's probably my favorite. It just simply says, I know you can do anything, and no one can stop you. I'm going to tell you, listen, I know this is my first time to preach here, and I know how it is. I've been raised in church. You know, we're going to figure out whether, whether this little dude can preach or not, and then we're going we're gonna, to, you know, we're going to check off the boxes. But tell you what, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm about to break about a dozen public speaking laws. You're supposed to have three to five points and crescendos and valleys. I got one point, and I'm going to nail it for the next little bit. I'm going to brag on Jesus this morning. Is that all right? You, you can come back next time and judge me if I ever get to come back, all right? But today, let's, let's, just, let's just talk about how amazing Jesus is. Is that all right? If you need a miracle, here's what I'm going to preach to you, everything. I want you to just turn around two or three people and say, God can do everything. Now, if you believe he can do it and he wants to do it today, let's open our mouths, lift our voice, and let some praise out and thank him for what he's about to do right here at CLC. Come on. Is there anybody that believes it? Everything. What can God do? All right, you can sit down, but don't shut down. Man, I like that organ. Come on now. I was raised in Memphis. That's my kind of church right there. Hey, Amen. We, we like to measure things. It's, it's a human issue. We like measuring things because we can put it in a box and we can understand it. We can control it. We, we like it. We love to measure things. It's just part of it. In fact, everything we do is some way, somehow measured. No matter what you do, there's measurements that are involved. If you work in an office, you deal with calculators and computers and numbers. If you work uh, building things, you deal with measuring tapes and yardsticks. I got my yardstick here today. And rulers, you deal with that. If you like to cook, you deal with cups and quarts and ounces and grams and teaspoons and tablespoons. And, and uh, when you gain weight, you gain it. By, anyway, if, when you drive, <coughs> you drive by the, the mile. When you get gas, you get it by the, the gallon. And that's just the way things go. Uh, we, we, we like to measure things. And we don't only just measure that kind of stuff. We actually take our measuring stick with us, and we measure everything everywhere. We're always measuring stuff. We, we measure people, circumstances. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's been so sweet to me since I've been here. Y'all just smiling, shaking, man. Oh, welcome, Brother Lewis. But here's what's really going on. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Lewis. God bless you, man. We're so glad you're here. Right. Wonderful. Well, we're glad your wife's here, too. Oh, she's going to sing. Amazing. That's great. Man, that's wonderful. Well, we're so happy you're here. Listen, if there's anything we can get you, you 
Am I telling the truth? Oh, oh no, no. We're going to measure this one right here. You know what I'm talking about. It doesn't take a song. Come on, you're with, you're with your friend or your spouse. You know, you're out somewhere and you meet somebody. You're like, well, praise the Lord. God bless you. How you doing? You're like, man, I like that guy. Now, you've had, what, 10 seconds to figure it out? His, his picture's probably hanging out at the post office on the FBI most wanted list or something. But, but you just pulled your measuring tape out and decided you liked him. Amen. Or you meet somebody, praise the Lord. God bless you, man. Nice to meet you. And you walk away and you go, I don't like him. Now, this is probably one of the finest men that ever walked in shoe leather, but we just made up our mind that we didn't like him. Okay? Now, and we don't only measure people. We measure services. Oh, yeah, listen. I grew up back in the two Sunday services days, and we had midweek on Wednesday. And I'm going to tell you, midweek for us, it's going to be about a three-and-a-half-incher. You know what I mean? We, we figure out what kind of service we're going to have before we ever get in the front door. Okay, how about this? Have you ever needed a miracle and came to church needing a miracle on a Wednesday night? Raise your hand. Okay. When's the last time you came in on Wednesday going, Woohoo! The night's my night! No, we were in the car and we're like, Okay, we're going to go in. We're going to shake hands and be friendly. We're going to sing a song or two, take up an offering. And then we're going to hear a little teaching and preaching. And then we're going to shake hands and be friendly again. And then we're going to go home. Did I miss anything? That's about it. And we, we've got it all figured out. Now, now, where I grew up in Memphis, Sunday morning was a little bit better. But Sunday night, baby, it was like, okay, Jesus, it's all you. You can do whatever you want to do tonight. Amen. I mean, it was our, in fact, my wife and I, there was a, one of our most precious saints had a friend of hers that had leukemia. And um, she had been asking us to pray. And Tanya and I are in the mall. We're walking. We see this lady, precious saint, with her friend. And she was so excited. She's like, oh, this is my friend we've been praying for. He's got leukemia. She said, I, now this was a Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, we've got Wednesday coming. We've got Sunday morning and Sunday night coming up. And she said, oh, I told her, if you could just come to our church on Sunday night. Mm. I waited till her friend left, and I was like, sis, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but uh, is, is God on vacation the next couple services? Come on. I, I, what are you saying, Brother Lewis? I'm telling you, the problem is not God, but it's you and I and these nasty old measuring sticks that we bring to church all the time. What are you saying? I'm telling you, if God can do it on a Sunday night, he can do it on a Monday morning, he can do it on a Tuesday. Come on. God can do. Come on. What can God do? Come on, somebody needs a miracle right now. You ought to go ahead and clap your hands and thank God that today's my day. It might be a Sunday morning in the middle of the summer, but my God can do. Somebody shout everything. Is he able? Uh, okay. Jesus have mercy. I'm about, we're about to make the devil mad this morning. You hear me? So maybe you know or not, I don't know, but my wife and I served as missionaries in Germany. And so we, we, uh, we loved it over there. I mean, you get to drive fast. And we, we had our little minivan and uh, out on the Autobahn. We're kicking at 120 miles an hour, you know, because that's all it would do. <laughs> and we went to this little, I had a little conference over there, and I'd been asked to speak. And, and, uh, and man, we had a great service. I preached a little simple message, and my message was now faith came out of the verse where it talks about now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But I was talking about how that we're, we're quick to believe later. I, I can believe tomorrow or an hour from now, but we struggle believing right now. 
I mean, you see this even in, in our phone calls. Somebody could call us. They could be bleeding to death on the side of the road and call us. And you're like, all right, we, we're going to be believing for you. We're going to be believing. Jesus is able. All right, mm-hmm, bye-bye. And we're going to pray five minutes from now. It's always later. We, we struggle with believing right now. But what we should do when people call is, all right, you better sit down. We're finna pray. God's about to do something right now. Because if he can do it five minutes from now, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's ever able to heal you, he can heal you right now. Come on, God, help us to stop believing later. Help us to start realizing we got to get rid of this nasty old measuring tape and realize my God is able to do it 24 hours a day. He just needs somebody to get rid of a measuring tape and believe. So, man, we had a powerful service. We had people get the Holy Ghost. People get healed. It was, it was really, it was an amazing time. It was one of those services where you left kind of on a holy high. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, man, what a God. Whew. And so we, we piled in. We had several uh, uh, men that we'd won to the Lord that were with us on that trip. And uh, so we had six or eight folks in the car. My, my two children, including my son, was smaller at that time, probably five, six years old in there somewhere. And he loved to wrestle with dad like every little boy typically does with daddy and and we'd been in a vehicle for several hours, and it was getting a little cramped, you know what I mean, with children. So we decided to pull over and take a little break, let everybody stretch their legs, and I was going to get gas. Now, in Germany, if you've ever been there, you'll know this. Off the Autobahn, a lot of times they have these massive um, stations. And this particular one had probably, I don't know, 60 or 70 pumps. It had a hotel, a restaurant, a store. I mean, just there was people everywhere. And so we pull up at pump 19. And, uh, you know, I, at the time, by the way, I was about 320 pounds, so I was a big boy. And so I, I was sitting out there, you know, all 320, just kind of hanging out. I'm pumping gas, and I'm just sitting there rocking, thinking about the service, had my eyes closed. And uh, all, the only warning I got was like a scrape of a rock, and I didn't even have my eyes fully open, but I see my little son's fist coming at my relaxed 320-pound gut. What? Boom! Hits me right in the stomach, knocks the breath out of me. Oh! And he takes off running. Well, I took off after him. So you, you, you got to get the picture. He thinks he's in trouble. I'm trying to keep him from running through a parking lot with cars moving all over the place. But, but, but So you got to get the picture. Here's this little cotton top kid uh, running and screaming, and there's a fat dude chasing him, yelling death threats. You know, it's, so here, this, is, this is going down. Now let me tell you a little something about 320 pounds. She's a little rough to get rolling. But... Well, I feel a witness in this house. My God. But once you get it rolling, honey, you can Cadillac. You hear me? And, and I was booking it. Boy, I was already in, I was about to kick it up to six gear. And, and he's running and screaming. And I was at that point where I'm starting to time my steps. You know, I'm, I'm about to snatch him. I'm like, okay, here it comes. And that little rascal, he's running behind a row of parked cars. And he, he sees an opening and he just evaporates. He turns into one of those little between two parked cars. Well, let me tell you something else about 320 pounds. You, you don't just stop. It's, it's a process. It's, it's like a train. You've got to know where you need to be stopped, and you've got to back her down a little ways. But I made up my mind, uh-uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit that thing. And, and so here I am, this big old dude, and I put my right foot out to, to make this turn. Now, this whole place is a sea of asphalt except one little slimy tile. Leather bottom dress shoes, boys. You know what I'm talking about. And of all the places I could have put it, I set that slick shoe on that snotty tile. Tell you something else about 320 pounds. She gets to the ground quick. 
I, come on, it was, it was pretty amazing, actually. Uh, here I am. I, all, when my foot hit that, what do you do when you're going to fall? You're going to try to stop yourself. So, I, I, I'm, of course, as I'm falling, I'm throwing my right arm out. Well, it was like a science project, okay? I mean, centrifugal force. We had inertia going on. We had all kinds of so 320 times whatever it was. And when, it, when, when I fell and put all that weight on my right arm, it just went pow and flipped up on top of itself in a manner I can't reproduce for you this morning. Well, my arm broke so fast that I, and it was like I still had momentum, so my face bounces off the ground. Boom. So I'm out for a little bit. And I come to. And uh, here's my wife and, and these young guys from the church. And, and they're like, Pastor, Pastor. And I hear, babe, babe, you okay? And I, I'm looking and I'm a little loopy. I'm like, oh, you know what's going on? They get me up. And, and I had never in my life broke a bone. So I didn't know you could get nauseated. And so I'm standing. I'm like, I'm sick. I'm sick at my stomach. I don't know what's going on. She said, she's getting the grit off my face, you know, because I fell in the asphalt. And she said, she said, I said, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. She said, well, let me see your arm. So I picked up my left arm. She's looking at it. Okay. And then she, she said, what I didn't realize is that this arm is, is hanging around backwards. And uh, she said, let me see your other arm. So I, I started sending the signals, you know. And nothing was happening. I said, I can't, I can't lift it up. And she reached and picked it up. And when she did, my hand was just as black as it could be. And I learned later that, that often when, if you break a bone, it'll, it'll uh, uh, cut into a vein and it'll flood the limb with blood. And that's obviously what had happened. So now I'm, I'm kind of panicking. They, they get me to the restroom. They're cleaning my face up. And, and uh, now I'm kind of coming out of my, my loopiness, and I'm, I'm starting to feel the pain. So I'm walking out to the car, and I've got my, my arm. I've got it turned around right now, and I'm walking like this, and I'm hurting so bad. And I'm walking towards the minivan, you know, that's going to take me to the hospital. And, um, and here's my wife. In my mind, it's like this. Now, my, Tanya's standing at the door, and she's, it's like slow motion. Come on, babe. And I'm like, and I'm just trying. I just want to get, I want to get, get healed, get, get some. And, and don't you know, one of the young men that we had won to the Lord had the audacity to get in between me and the vehicle that was going to take me to the hospital. And he's just bawling his eyes out. And he says, Pastor. <laughs> You just preached about now faith. Oh, he did. Yes, he did. And uh, can I tell you, it's one thing to preach it and a whole other thing to live it. And I got to be honest with you, I was not in the mood for a miracle. Oh, you know what? We're laughing, but the truth is there's several of you that are here today that desperately need God to move in serious situations. But somehow that our minds are off. We're not in the right frame of mind to receive it. I've come to tell somebody right here in Monroe, Louisiana, God can do everything. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. I, you may not be in the right mindset. You might not be in the mood for a miracle. But let me tell you about my Jesus. He's a God that can do everything. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. He can put marriages back together. He can bring families back together. He can bring children back home. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and thank God that we serve a God that can do. Come on, if you believe God can take care of your situation, clap your hands, lift your voice, and let's thank God in advance that he can do everything. Come on, what can he do? Everything. 
So I, I, was, I was upset. I was aggravated. i got to be honest with you. I wish, I wish I could tell you that I was super spiritual at that moment and was all excited about this guy reminding me of what I just preached. But I was aggravated. All I'm thinking was, get out of my way. I, I, I need some drugs. My arm's about to fall off. But you've been proud of me. You've been proud of me, Pastor. I, I did not say that. But I had my measuring tape in my hand. But I looked at him and I said, you know what? His name is Thomas. And I said, Thomas, that is a good idea. I said, in fact, I want you to get everybody in gear around me right here, right here at pump 19. Get them around me right now. We're going to pray right here. Well, now, you got to understand, these guys weren't from the Bible Belt. All they knew about church was what we had taught them. And we taught them, whatever you do for Jesus, give it everything you got. If you're going to clap those hands, beat those mitts until they're red. If you go dance, dance until you sweat down. If you go run the aisles, run until you're weary. If you go shout, shout until you get some gravel in your voice. If you go leap, scratch the popcorn off the ceiling. Because my God deserves our very best. Oh, I, you, maybe you don't. Maybe he didn't do for you what he's done for me. But if I'm gonna praise him, he deserves everything I've got. He's worthy. Oh, I wish I had about 50 people stand up, clap your hands, and just give a little dance to let the Lord know we're thankful. We're thankful. Come on, what can God do? What can he do? Everything. So when they started praying for me, the last thing I remember hearing is Thomas screaming as loud as he could, God! heal my pastor you sit down I'm not even close to finish don't get your hopes up I had my good hand in the air and I had my yardstick in the other and I'm thinking come on let's get this over with but they started praying something powerful started happening Holy Ghost got moving and I, I know it's illegal, but I peeked. There's like 25, 30 people standing off to the side by the store. What, what are those nuts doing over there? I closed my eyes. I kept praying. Now, now it's getting louder. They're, they're starting to get excited. And I, then I found myself repenting. I was like, God, I'm sorry. I preached to these people. We saw you move. Now I'm in the middle of a mess. It's one thing to minister to somebody else when they're in a mess. But now it's my mess. And God, I'm sorry, but so focused on my pain that I can't see what you want to do. So focused on my brokenness. <laughs> Talking to people here this morning. God wants to do amazing things, but you're distracted by your brokenness. God wants to work and show up in your life in ways that will blow your mind. And everybody that knows you, it will blow their mind. But we get so focused on our hurt. We get so focused on all the mess that we're in that we forget our God can do everything. 
Listen, I know it's your mess, and I know it's hard to see out of, but come on, hear this preacher today. It's not God that's not wanting to work. It's somehow we've got this measuring tape in between us and God. I've come to preach somebody's measuring tape out of your hand today because God wants to work in your life. I've just come to remind you, God can do everything. And I sat there. They're, they're starting to dance a little bit now. I peek again. There's 50, 60 people stacked up. I mean, it's, it's, and people are elbowing each other and pointing, trying to figure out what we're doing. And they're getting after it. I mean, they're having church around me. It wasn't no quiet little prayer. They was getting after it. You understand? We, they were having church right there. And, and so then, man, they start dancing a little bit and start worshiping a little bit. And the power of God's moving. And now, now they're, 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 they're huckabucking and getting down, you know? Y'all know what a huckabuck is? Let me explain it to you. Huckabuck is those people that when they worship, it's like they just got shocked. Oh, oh. Yeah, see, I, I, that always happens. Look around, and they're looking. Uh, we have some huckabuckers in the house. Hallelujah. But they, they're getting after it. God's moving. And, and, and now I kind of just started kind of saying, Lord, I know you can do it. I changed from repenting to saying, Lord, I know you can do it. And God, I, I do believe you're able to do it. And, and man, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to, to have the right mindset. But they, they just keep on, keep on worshiping around me. Come help me, brother. Amen. You come help me, brother, too. Wake up with me. You don't need to side in Okay, I'm going to tell you something. That, that's why it's so important that you, in the house of God, every time the doors are open. You know why? Because sometimes you're not in the mood for a miracle. You don't feel like letting God, let's walk a little bit. We don't, you don't feel like God can take care of it. You, you don't see that God's able, but you walk up in the house of God and you get around some people that want to worship. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. You know what? Maybe God can. I don't know. Maybe he can. And the next thing you know, they're going to worship your yardstick right out of your hand. And before it's over, you're going to be like, God can do everything. Come on. You ought to be in the house of God every time because God may want to heal you. God forbid you stay home when God's got a miracle for you. What can God do? So God is my witness as I began to worship with him. I forgot. I just, I, I'm telling you, they're dancing. I said, I just started yelling, God, I believe you're able. God, I know you're able. And I, I had forgot about my arm. Black, hanging around backwards, flopping on my side. I forgot about my pain. I forgot about my brokenness. I forgot about the hurt I was dealing with in my life. And just for a moment, I said, you know what? I'm going to focus on Jesus. And when I got my mind off all the distractions and I started focusing on Jesus, God is my witness. My wife was there. I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm like pumping my fist. My other arm just flopping. And all of a sudden, I have no strength of my own. My arm began to move. And I heard an audible pop. And it started to raise itself. I wouldn't put any strength to it. And about right here, I took over. And my hand was normal color. God put my arm together in the middle of an Exxon parking lot at Pump 19 with about eight people. What could he do at CLC with a house full of people that said, we believe God's able. We believe God can open a door. We believe God can heal our body. Oh, if you believe it, stand up, clap your hands, and thank God that he is able. Everything, everything, everything God can do. Remain standing. I'm almost done. Get, get your measuring tapes out. All over the house. Get your little measuring tape. Open them bad boys up. 
Can I tell you when God healed my arm, we went ever more nuts. I mean, we went crazy. We danced and shouted. Finally, we got our act together enough to get in the van. My wife was driving. We're kicking it 120 miles an hour down the Autobahn. And I couldn't stop. I just kept twisting my arm. And every now and then I'd just holler, oh, he did it. And the whole van would go, wow. Can you imagine what we look like 120 miles an hour, booking it down the Autobahn and passing people and a whole van full of us going. They were like, boy, they got some good stuff over there. And didn't we have some good stuff over there? But we're driving a little ways. And I felt the Holy Ghost say, I want you to go to the hospital and have an x-ray. But I thought, no, no, it's got to be doubt. It's got to be doubt. No, I'm not doing it. Drove a little farther, felt it again. Go have an x-ray. Nope, that's doubt. Then it started to ache. And I'm like, yes, sir. Told my wife to take me to the hospital. We go into the hospital. And uh, I said, listen, doc, my arm's aching a little bit. Can you just, can you just measure it out? Or, yeah, can you measure it out? Can you just x-ray it for me? And uh, come here, brother. I'm going to pick up you one more time. Uh, when they got through, uh, he, he walks up to me. Now, remember, I never broke a bone in my body. And he walks up to me and says, uh, Mr. Lewis, uh, the pain you're experiencing is reoccurring pain from the previous break in your elbow. In fact, it's healed quite nicely. And all I could think about at that moment was, I've never broke a bone. So I said, sir, I, I've, I've never broke a bone in my body. Now, Germans are very forward people. You don't have to wonder what they think. But when I said I never broke a bone, he got aggravated. And he just said the same thing. He said, sir, the, the pain you're experiencing is reoccurring pain from the previous break in your elbow. And in fact, it's healed quite nicely. But Tanya says, I have a problem. That if you don't speak my mother tongue, I have this idea that if I speak louder and slower, that you might understand what I'm saying. So I even threw in a little sign language. I'm like, sir, I never broken a bone in my body. His face turned red, mad as a hornet. He grabs my hand and starts to lead me down the hallway, mumbling. I don't know what he was saying. I probably don't want to know what he was saying. But he leads me into a room, into a big backlit panel, and he said, right there. He said, your elbow was completely broken in two, and it's healed perfectly. And that's when I said, oh my goodness, my arm was broken. And God put it back together. You know, I tell that story a lot, and most people get excited like most of you did, but there's always somebody in the house that goes, oh, well, that's a cute little missionary story, Brother Lewis. But how did you know it was broken? Just because it was black and hanging around backwards. Why is it we'll believe a Facebook post quicker than we'll believe a miracle report? Did I say that out loud? Come on, why, why is it we'll believe what the news says quicker than we'll believe our God can do anything? If God can put my arm together in an Exxon parking lot with a handful of believers, there is no limit to what God could do right here, right now, on a Sunday morning. What can he do? What can he do? Okay, here's what I want to do. I want you to listen. I want you to listen for just a moment. I don't want you to come yet. Okay, hear me. Don't come yet. Listen. 
Here's what we're going to do. When I call for you in a minute, if you're praying for a lost loved one, I want you to come get rid of that measuring tape. Not yet, in a minute. And I want you to start praising God as though they're with you in the altar right now, praying through. They're about to get baptized, getting restored, everything. Well, now, now Brother Lewis, you, you don't know. It seems like the more I pray for them, the farther they get. And I've been praying for them for years and blah, blah, blah. What can God do? When I call for you, if you're praying for a healing in your body, I want you to come down, get rid of that measuring tape, and start praising God like you just got off the phone with a doctor. And they said, we don't get it. You don't have diabetes anymore. We don't get it. That cancer's gone. We, we don't get it, Sister Lisa. We didn't know what caused it. Now we don't know what fixed it. Well, now, now listen. Now, 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 come on. What can God do? If you're praying for a financial miracle, when I call for you in a second, come get rid of that measuring tape and start praising God. Now, I can't praise him for you. You're going to have to do it on your own. You can't wait on me to do it for you. You can't wait on pastor to do it for you. It's going to be up to you to come down and praise him. Praise him like you got money in the bank and them bills are paid. Well, you don't understand, you know, it's been really hit hard here. And, you know, this is not the, uh, this is a, a bad area, you know. And this is, uh, COVID affected us in the economy, blah, blah. What can God do? If you need the Holy Ghost... God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. It is the will of God for you to be filled with his spirit before you walk out of here. If you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to repent of your sins. We're just going to tell the Lord we're sorry. Don't take long. Once you've repented, guess what? He's going to tell you, I forgive you. And then we're going to ask him for the Holy Ghost one time. Then we're going to begin to praise him and thank him for it. Because it's, it's already been given. It's up to us to receive it. So if you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to come down. Throw that down, lift your hands, and let the Holy Ghost fill you. Are y'all ready? Now, here's the deal. I want you to come. In fact, I don't, I don't want you just to throw it down. I want you to tear it up. Come on, what can God do? Everything. Who's going to be the first? Come on, who's going to be the first to run down here, tear that nasty measuring tape up, and start praising God? Everything. Come on, everything. Why don't we say it loud enough so the devil hears it? What can God do? All right, here's what. Here's what we're going to do now. At your feet. Scattered all around your feet is the proof that we got rid of a measuring tape. Now, we, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices, so we understand that before we're through with lunch, the devil's going to be saying, oh, you know, that little dude was just, he was just trying to get y'all all hyped up. It ain't, it ain't going to happen to you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I don't know what you're praying for, how many different things you're praying for, but I want you to pick up, for however many things you're praying for, I want you to pick up a piece. And we're going we gonna to write the miracle on it that we're believing for. And we go put it somewhere in the house or the car, wherever you can see it consistently. And every time the devil starts telling you, well, it ain't going to happen, you can remind the devil, uh-uh, Jack, I got rid of my measuring tape, and here's the proof.
Come on, find them, right? Pick them up. Find you some pieces, however many you need. What can God do? Here's what we're going to do too. Now, now, those are special. You're going to keep those somewhere else. But also at your feet are more pieces. How many of you know somebody else that needs a miracle? Raise your hand. A friend, a workmate, a neighbor, a family member. I want you to pick up at least a dozen of those. And, and that's going to be, these are going to be the ones you're going to give away. Here's what we're going to do. Get, you, get you a handful of them. This is going to be an open door, an opportunity for you to go talk to somebody. You're going to be able to walk to them and say, listen, I, I know you've been needing a miracle. We've talked about it. Well, guess what we did at my church today or yesterday or whenever you talk to them. You can tell them, we got rid of our measuring tapes and I thought about you. So I brought you a piece of a broken measuring tape just to remind you that God can do what? So I, I'm about to, I'm going to ask Pastor to come pray over these, hold them up. We're going to, just like those prayer claws, these are going to be our prayer claws, but it's going to be an open door for us to minister to somebody. Lift your hands, Pastor, come pray over these. We're going to believe in Jesus' name that miraculous things are going to happen when you, when you have the boldness to talk to somebody else about your God.